You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. I'll admit that it wasn't once or twice or even three times, but maybe multiples of ten during my decade away from Judaism years when I wasn't observant in any way wasn't involved in Jewish life after having left an ultra-orthodox yeshiva there were loachat bahem there wasn't once but many many times when I was asked so Nu why don't you just move on with your life you're clearly interested in theater go become an actor you're interested in music, be a musician. You're a certified Pilates instructor, open a studio. <laughs> You're a schlepper, work for Moishis. You know, I had a lot of different. And every time I went inside to check out what was true for me, why uh, indeed I, I'm still waiting, as it were, as I was, to feel called back to Yiddishkeit, back to to what I'm doing with my life. When I would go deep inside and ask myself the question, so new, Ingber, why don't you move on? The answer always was clear. It was absolutely certain. There was no doubt whatsoever. The reason I didn't move on was because I was being loyal to something. I felt that, that I was, in many respects, honoring an experience or a group of experiences that I had that that left their indelible mark on me in a way that I couldn't, I couldn't utter, I couldn't express, but if I asked what it was that was holding me, it was that. It was faithfulness. When I realized that, it reminded me of a quote from Abraham Joshua Heschel, the great theologian and thinker who wrote, God is not always silent, he writes, and man is not always blind. In every human's life, there are moments when there is a lifting of the veil at the horizon of the known, opening a sight of the eternal. Each of us has had at least once in our life experienced the momentous reality of that. And each of us has at once, maybe once, caught a glimpse of the beauty, the peace and the power that flow through the souls of those who are devoted to that vision. To some people, they are like shooting stars, passing and unremembered. In others, they kindle a light that is never quenched. The remembrance of that experience and the loyalty to the response of that moment are the forces that sustain our faith. And in this sense, Heschel says, faith is faithfulness. Loyalty to an event, loyalty to our response. Love that. Loyalty to a response. A loyalty to an experience that once having touched our lives, we can't deny it. We might move on, we might push it under the rug of our mind, we say, oh, we'll get back to it. But it pokes its head out, it says, oh, here I am. Remember me. Are you faithful? Are you loyal? 
Last week, this past Shabbat, when I wasn't here in Rome, I was at a, a gathering of 800 Jews. This isn't the beginning of a joke. Um, 800 <laughs> Jews or Jewish seekers of all ages. We were up at a hotel in Connecticut. Four days of learning, schmoozing, noshing, struggling. And generally, we were making meaning Jewishly. I gave a Devar Torah at the beginning of last week's service where I said, this weekend, because it's Valentine's, is all about love, but in the language of our tradition, it's all about Vav. It's all about, I said, the letter Vav that began last week's Torah reading that connected Sinai with what came after Sinai. The sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Vav, is a hook. And it began last week's reading, which was the reading immediately after the great momentous moment at Sinai. The next week, we began with the laundry list, as Jack Cornfield would say, after the ecstasy, the laundry list of all of the ways that love is lived. All of the ways that we live love in the world, that is what comes after Sinai. And this week, tomorrow morning, as the Torah turns, will bring us to the episode of the Mishkan, to the tabernacle with which we will be busy for the, the entire rest of the book of Exodus. The tabernacle, says the Ramban, Nachmanides, is nothing less than a miniature Sinai. That we Jews, having had an experience of profound other revelation, we were at the Esalen of Sinai. We were at the Kripalu of Sinai. The great guru appeared on Mount Sinai, and we got Shaktipat. We got it. Ten utterances, we got it. And then the Ramban Nachmanidi says, wonderful, that's an event. How are you loyal to that event? The Mishkan. The tabernacle, that flexible structure in the desert, becomes in our tradition an allegory for all manner of spiritual truths of how to live in loyalty to that vision. So here's one little, little moment of the tabernacle that I want to give you tonight. We're told in the beginning of the building of the Mishkan, of the building of the tabernacle, that Moses is instructed to take wood and to build an ark. This ark. It's made of akasha wood, and then it is to be covered, overlaid with, za- with zahav tahor, with pure gold. Let it be covered in gold from the outside and also from the inside. Outside and inside with gold. Tabernacle. Loyalty. So here's the Torah. Masachat Yoma says that we learn from this little tidbit of information that the ark is both laid with gold on the inside and on the outside to teach each and every one of us. That every Talmud Chacham, every righteous person, every student of life, every one who learns from Torah, from the world, should be one who has their insides modeling their outsides. Tocho, their insides should be like their outsides. In other words, the Talmud teaches us a story about integrity. Don't be a hypocrite. I remember when I was in my yeshiva days, one of the things we used to say often was that the more you got to know somebody who was a celebrity, the worse opinion you would have of that person. 
unlike they would say in the yeshiva, our rebbe's, our teachers, the more we get to know them on a private level in their homes, the greater we realize how great they really are because inside their homes, they shine like a light. We all know people who are one way at home and then one way in the street. We all know people who have a hard time bridging their inside gold, which they allow to be copper and their outside pure gold that they show up only for strangers, says the Talmud, an ethical moment. But Rabbi Norman Lamb, a modern Orthodox rabbi, one of the great modern Orthodox rabbis of the past 50 years, in his book of Drashot, of sermons, he adds a little piece to this Talmudic teaching that I think is relevant for me and for you. Not just to not be hypocritical, that's also good. He asks a basic question. He said, why is it the Talmud says that your insides should be like your outsides and not the other way? Let your outsides be like your insides. Isn't it true, each and every one of us, students of Freud, students of the human potential movement, each and every one of us wants to have great integrity. If my insides are true, let my outsides show that. The Talmud should have said, let your outsides be like your insides. But instead it says, let your insides always be like your outsides. And Rabbi Lamb says something very beautiful. He says, almost all of us, and this is certainly true of me, we definitely let Freud win the conversation about how we transform. Is it a process of excavation and inner illumination? Do I have to get to a place where I'm so connected with my insides, with that great unseen part of the glacier? And only then, when it's true on the inside, then I will come outside. Then I will bring it forth. It has to be honest. It has to be true. Work from the inside out. Go to therapy for 20 years. Make sure you have all of your stuff finished. Don't act in the world in a way that isn't consonant with your insides. If you don't feel it, then don't do it. If you don't feel it, don't do it. There's a whole different way of looking at the world, says the Sefer HaChinuch. The Jewish focus on action is itself part of a behavioral paradigm. After our actions, our feelings often follow. In the dialectic between the inside and the outside, our tradition says the inside is gold and the outside is gold, but work first from the outside in. Let your outside be an image of who you want to be and then live into that image. You might not yet be ready to be the greatness that you imagine for yourself, but if you keep doing it, the tradition says you are not an automaton, you are training yourself to become it. When we take room for ourselves, at first it might feel awkward. I was turned on to a TED talk by Rabbi Jessica, who referred me to a woman named Amy Cuddy, who speaks about the body language that people have biologically connected to our feelings on the inside. And the miracle, she says, is it's true, you look at people and you judge them. Person is like this, you think, person is like this. She said, there's studies showing that people who are blind from birth in sporting activities when they are victorious, just as those who are sighted from birth, both of them do the exact same motion. This motion, the victory stance. 
Their bodies seem to know what expansion feels like. She says the miracle of body language is that you don't have to wait to feel the way your body is. You can stand in a way that will already make you feel a certain way. Right? You're feeling down. You pick yourself up. You stand in a certain way. It changes your body's chemistry. Anybody who's ever studied yoga or breath work knows that breath happens by itself. It's true. Great teachers of breath say, don't interfere with the natural flow of your breath. When you're sad, you'll, you'll, you'll breathe sadly. And when you're happy, you'll breathe happily. But what's amazing about breath, everybody, is that you can also breathe intentionally into a state of awareness. You can overcome your natural place by behaving in a certain way. You can be loyal to that experience by acting in the world in ways that even if you don't feel Sinai anymore, you still are working it. That's a religious question, everybody. It is from the gold on the inside to the outside. Let your insides be like your outsides. It means that in your outside world, where you usually put on your happiest face, make sure that's the face you wear in your inside too. When you go home. And don't say to yourself, oh, I'm being a phony now. Now in my house, I'll really show I'm sad. Anybody got that? Any of those people? Out here, when I'm performing for the world, they can see, like, because I'm, I'm in an interview. Oh, hi, everybody. How are you? <laughs> oh, it's so great. Life is good. Oh, I'm the rabbi. Oh, hi. I'm so holy. How are you? I'm holy. Are you holy? Oh, I'm so holy. Bless you. Bless you, too. Oh, bless you. And then you go home. It's like, where is everything? Where is it? Oh, my God. Oh, rabbi. And you get your rabbi voice. We know all of the rabbis in the room. We get the rabbi voice on, right? I was like, oh, hi, Mrs. Goldberg. And then you put it on mute and you yell at your wife and say, where's the... Right? Talmin Chacham, a student of Torah. People who are alive, people who are awake, people who are connected. Let your insides be like your outsides. Train your insides to live into the image of the outside that you easily don. You are that. You are that mask. Yesterday, two days ago, and then yesterday until today, the two days of Rosh Chodesh Adar, the two days of the, the beginning of the month of Adar, and we have a saying in our tradition, when Adar comes in, the holiday of Purim, we increase our joy. And I remember early in Yeshiva, people would always say, how can the rabbis be telling us how to feel during this month? Adar comes and we increase our joy. We get ready for that holiday of Mass, and the beauty of that, everyone, we'll talk about this tomorrow at lunch. The deeper meaning of wearing Mass on Purim is to teach you that if you wear a mask, that you don't think you are, you might actually become it. You might actually live into the image of who you might be. You might be able to have your insides match your outsides. You might be able to behave into your life. A friend of mine was talking to me this week about something that she's been doing in some of her work that we're going to introduce here to this community hopefully next year. Stephanie has a... Um, a whole approach to the world as a coach where she has something called on the hook, where you make a commitment to be on the hook for something in your life and to keep coming back to a community that won't let you off the hook. 
And I know, everybody, I know that there is a tension between wanting how you are on the inside to be honest and going deep inside is also a practice. But tonight, this week, as we enter into Adar, I want to challenge you all to be phonies. I want to challenge each and every one of you here to fake it until you are it. To fake it until you are it. To engage in Mishkan activities, in loyalness, of loyalty to that which you really always are. You don't have to feel it to do it. It doesn't always have to be the right moment. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. No, no, do it. Just do it. I want to bless all of you as Adar comes in. May God bless each and every one of us to be loyal to that experience that we once had, even when we don't feel it any longer. Don't let anybody trick you into thinking that you are not that mask that you are trying to become. May God bless us in being able to shorten the gap between who we are on the inside and who we project on the outside. And may those projections come to make us stronger, more wholesome, more compassionate, loving human beings. Outside, inside. Let's all fake it until we are it.